Welcome to a very special episode of Bread of Blue. We're going back in time to speak to Cliff Marshall about his upbringing in the city of Liverpool, his upbringing with Everton Football Club and what he was up to when his football career came to a premature end. Cliff, thanks very much indeed for joining us. Pleasure, Darren. Always great to see you. Yeah. Brought up in Toxteth, mm-hmm. did you learn football by kicking a ball against the wall, playing in the street? Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that because that's what we've done in them days, you know what I mean? And... Uh, that's we used to always play street street football. We, you know, some used to play against others. You know, we had all that competitiveness, and um, a lot of the time I did play kicking against the wall. And one one of the things I did do as a kid because I always wanted to get my left foot nearly as good as my right foot. I was a right footed player, so I was constantly kicking it against the wall. You know, waiting for the rebound to come back, kicking it against the wall to go to your head, then to your shoulders then to your knee and it was just a, a, a progression of doing that all the time to get my foot you know nearly as good as my right foot because I knew my right foot was okay you know good yeah. dribble I had speed balance everything but it's getting that other foot almost as good as you it wasn't you know it's, you're never going to be 100% but it was really close to my right foot you know what I mean how competitive were the street games in those days? Was the rivalry between... Oh, the, the rivalry was, uh, you know, it was <laughs> tremendous. We used to play on the all-weather pitches and stuff like that. I played in... There was I lived um, down Stanhope Street, the bottom of Stanhope Street, just past the cathedral. And there was a youth club there called the York House. So um, we used to play in New York here a lot, you know, and they were competitive games. There was leagues of playing against the Rodney lads from over the... Uh, the north end of the city, you play down at the YMCA, yeah. and you know they do like five a side stuff. But the street games, it was a big, it was a big thing when somebody organised the game. You know we were standing up street to play against somebody from up Park Roadway, and you know we, they were really good competitive game. There were some good players there, you know, when did some you... really good semi pros and some lads who, who who played at a good level but never made it. When did you start to realise that, that you had something, that you were a little bit better than the others? Well, it, it was when when I was in Sefton Park, um, Baggett Street School, North Smith Down Road is the Aldi now. Mm-hmm. Um, the teacher in there, he was um, a guy called Eric Sutcliffe. He was running uh, Liverpool, Liverpool Boys, I think, Liverpool School Boys. He was a secretary. And... I was playing, you know, for the school team there. We we'd won the, we'd won um, the the school cup, you know, the local school cup. So we decided when I was thirteen to send me for a trial for Liverpool boys. You know, a year. We normally they wait till you're fourteen or fifteen. So he sent me for a trial because he he seen that I had something, and um, that was the start of it. You know, Tom Saunders seen me and. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, when, when, when I went up for the trial, there's a process of elimination, you know, of, um, you, you know, the, the way they were doing it, you'd, you'd have so many playing and they'd call you back next week. And then the final week, they, they, they said to us, well, you, you need to come with um, red shorts and red socks. But I didn't, I, you know, I, them days money was tight and yeah. stuff like that, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I had to be playing with the school. I had white shorts and white socks. So a mate of mine, Jimmy Smith, he said, Cliffy, here's what we'll do. We'll dye them. 
So we got this little tin of Dairon, little silver tin, red. Dyed them, and they turned out pink. I had, I had pink socks and pink shorts. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he didn't. I just went up there and put them on, and played. And um, I'll, I'll never forget because some Saunders come up to me at the end of the. You know that we we we're down to the final twenty two. You know, playing each other. Mm. They're gonna pick the team from that. And he does come up to me and said, "Don't worry, son. We'll sort your kids out." That's all he said. Wow. And that was it, you know what I mean? You're a bit of a legend in the local football, Tom Saunders, isn't it? Tom Saunders, yeah. Well, um, actually, well, I mean, he when when I played for Liverpool boys, um, my mother, we as you say, my mother, I don't know whether you mentioned something before about my mother had passed away. We got to the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. And we were playing London, a London team, East London or somebody. So it's got, you know, memory's gone a little bit now, you know. <laughs> I haven't quite got you, but it's on the way. And um, the team was travelling on, it was on a Friday, I think it was, Friday. It was travelling, you know, to London on the train, mm. early doors, to play the night. But Tom Saunders had come up to me and said, my mother was getting buried that day, about 11 o'clock. He said... Um, do you want to play or if you don't want to play I'll respect your decision so I said Tom I want to play he said okay well I'll come to the funeral with you and we'll travel separately on the train so that's what we done you know what I mean he comes to my mother's funeral Mm. we went on a later train you know what I mean must have been tough for you that though Cliff it was a tough game yeah it was it was tough but it was what you know I've done it because my mother would have wanted that you know Mm. what I mean and Mm. um, so how old were you when you lost your mum? Thirteen. So again, that's, a, that's that was a, when I was just that was the first year of playing for Liverpool Schoolboys. But we 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 won. It was like the Schoolboy FA Cup. That was a semi final. Yeah. We drew that one. I mean, I've, to be honest with you, I was scoring for fun. You know, hat tricks all over the place. And that game, I thought to myself, I should have scored six goals. But we never scored any. And it's only when I look back in hindsight now, and, and, and I've never seen a goalkeeper like this in my life. He was like a cat. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. God, I, I would have scored six only for him. But anyway, we brought them down to Liverpool and took them to the sword, and then we went on and won the um, the English School Trophy that year. When you played for England School Boys, how did that call up happen? Did somebody write to the house? Did somebody write to the school? No, what what, what the process, what it is is when you're playing for Liverpool school boys, you've got we it was Lancashire then, it wasn't Merseyside, it was Lancashire. You'd have the coaches from Lancashire looking at all, all the different, you know, cities. Mm. So the first call up I got was when I was thirteen again, playing for Lancashire boys. Right. So um that's how I George was playing George Telfer, wasn't he? He was he was playing for them. So, um, got onto the Lancashire boys team that year. The following year, still playing for Liverpool school boys, playing for Lancashire school boys, and then England are looking at you. So, they just naturally, automatically ask you for a trial. You know what I mean? Again, you go away to trial down to Lily Shaw, do what you've got to do, and then you know they, they make a decision and select you, or they don't. Played against Peter Reid sometimes, didn't you? Schoolboy level. 
Yeah, um, eight and school boys, you know, they, Peter, we always have a laugh about it now. He's, he always says they were better than us, you know what I mean? But <laughs> so they did have a really good team, that, that, the Heighton team that year. A few of the lads, I think, went on to do good things, you know what I mean? As you're progressing through your youthful football career, I remember going to Penny Lane to watch Liverpool schoolboys. There yeah. There'd be big crowds there. We you have your schoolboy internationals at Wembley, big crowds. Yeah. Was there any racism? At that time, Cliff? No, I wouldn't say not so much in the school in, in playing for Liverpool schoolboys. You encounter the racism, you know, playing for the school teams when you were playing round. Uh, we play round, we used to play a hill foot, yeah. and we play all different teams from you know, Dallas, all these different teams. Now and again, you get a little bit of racism, you know, from a defender or something, you know what I mean. Mm. Hey, you, you're yeah, N1, all that carry on. I just say, I'm going to skin you, lad, you know what I mean? And so did you just do your talking with your boots rather than retaliate and, and lash out? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was funny. A couple of years ago, I was sitting in the, um, the Richmond Savon with a mate of mine, Leo Skeet. Now, he's an ex-pro. Yeah. Played for Rochdale, good player. Good sense of forward. And this lad's in the corner with his girl. And uh, he's looking over and... and Next minute, he walked over and he said, he comes over and he goes, are you Cliff Marshall? I went, yeah. I thought, well, what's going on here? <laughs> he went, you've ruined my life, you. What, what, what do you mean, lad? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, lad? <laughs> he said, well, you, you, you played us as a schoolboy. You know what it is? I forget what school he went to. He said, I thought I could play as a left back. He said, you tore me to pieces, tore me to shreds. I've never been the same since. <laughs> and I said, can I buy you a bevy? And he said, no, it's not. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry about that, mate. Can I buy you a bevy? And Leo was laughing his head <laughs> Did any other of your England schoolboy teammates make it as pros? Any names that we might know? Um, Steve Powell, did he make it? Steve yeah. Powell, Steve Powell. He was yeah, a Derby County. Yeah. Derby County, yeah. Steve Powell was playing. Uh, um, Whenever I speak to people from that era who played for England schoolboys, it was a massive, massive thing then. But but not that many actually. Went yeah, to Joey Joey Gallagher played for Liverpool schoolboys yeah. when we won the English school trophy. Yeah, played for Billy Rodaway, do you remember him? Yeah, no, Billy. He's yeah. a good mate. Yeah, you know Billy, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was played. This is Liverpool schoolboys. Nice. It's a big jump, isn't it, from schoolboys to first team? And a lot of there's still a long way to go, isn't there? Even though you're playing for England, yeah. Schoolboys, there's a long way to go. Were you were you, were you affiliated? To, <coughs> were you affiliated to Everton at this time when you were playing for England schoolboys? Mm, Everton come sort of when I was knocking on the door in the last year of Liverpool schoolboys. When I was around about probably fourteen, fourteen to fifteen. That's when they come. So, yeah, I would have been playing for England schoolboys then. Was that a case of an Everton scout coming scout, after the yeah. game or coming round to the house? And they, they come round to the house. Harry Cook it was, yeah. Was it really? Harry Cook, yeah. Because it was Katsuku Sambi, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. In um, 71. Harry and, and Harry Cook and Jean. So yeah, they, they used to come. They, they, they come to the house and had a chat with me. Well, I was living with my auntie then because my mother had died. Mm. And her sister decided to look after me and, and my sister mm. in stand-up house, you know, off stand-up street. Yeah. So that's where we was, you know what I mean? So were you taken on as a, what you, what you call in those days, an apprentice? An apprentice, yeah. Uh, which wasn't a lot of money, but everyone was on the same thing. I think it started off on eight quid. <laughs> eight quid for the first six months. And then it went to a tenner 
He came home with about eight pounds, you know, after tax, after they deducted a bit of money out of it and Wesley took his fees, you know, whatever they were. (laughs) We also, we had to pay some fees to Wesley, you know, Gordon West, and nobody knows what it was for. (laughs) So he... You couldn't argue though, could you? No, you couldn't argue with them days, no, no, just paid it. It was a tough life for an apprentice professional in those days, wasn't it? Oh, well, you, well... You'd have to clean the kits, you'd have to look after the boots and all that and clean the kits and do all the, all, all the dirty work, you know what I mean? I don't know what, well, I don't think they do that now, do they, these days? Not at all, no. Not at no. all, no, no. No. no, But it was enjoyable because, you, you know, you got to know the players. Yeah. You're looking after their kits. And then, it's funny, as as, as you get, if, if you make it to pro and then the apprentices have to look after your kit, you know what I mean? And again, I, I, I tended to forget who it was and I bumped into another guy in the Richmond not so long ago, Dave Kelly, who was at Everton at the time, and he said, Cliffy, I used to look after your kids. He said, you know, you were pro and I was... Your mind goes, but you know, you forget who was looking after your you kids. You stay that Richmond, by the way. <laughs> well, I haven't been there for a while. <laughs> there, there, was, there was so much... What, is the word I'm looking for, is it respect or fear? Most of the apprentices for the first team, because you had to knock on the door, didn't you? You couldn't just walk yeah, in. Yeah, no, there was, there was like the fear factor. You know, the fear factor was for the manager. You know, everyone feared the manager. The first team, you were terrified because, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, they used to have this system where they had court. If you'd done anything wrong, it was the what they called a court-martial. You were summoned to the first team room, you know, for like... The judge and jury. Westy was the um, <laughs> Westy was the, the judge, and all the lads, you know, they'd listen to the story, what you were there for, and all that. And uh, I remember I got I got summoned there once, just for nonsense, you know. I think it was an initiation, you know. I we went in went into Belfield, and the lad said, "You wanted in the first team, the, the first team room." He said, "Bring your um, your afro comb with you." Oh. It's all this about that. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes up there and um, they went, we believe you can sing. We want you to sing us a Stevie Wonder song and use the combers, you know, that microphone, that thing, yeah, what do you call that? The harmonica. Harmonica, so I'm giving it like that. <laughs> you know, whatever it was, my Sharia Moore or something. <laughs> and after about 30 seconds, Westy goes like that, puts the thumb down. So they all start picking the boots up and lashing them at you, you know, the studs and everything. You've got to run out the room. You could be seriously injured, you know what I mean? So I fled for my life. Oh, I got out of there. They were all laughing. All the lads down there, you know, when I got back to the um, to our room. So, um, what was it like training with the likes of Alan Ball? Ball, he, he, he used to, he, he, he'd engage with me. I remember him coming up to me once and he said to me, he said, uh, you know, if you don't, if you, if you don't make it here, Cliffy, I've told me Alfella about you. Because Alfella was at Preston at the time, I've heard night thoughts. I thought to myself, well, I've got, I've got Preston in my mind. You know what I mean? I'm staying here. But thanks, Wally. Anyway, you know what I mean? You don't say, no, he's a good guy, Wally. You know what I mean? He'd engage with all the lads, mm. but they all were all, you know, old Colin Harvey, you know, Joe Royal. They'd all talk to you, you know, yeah. and just give you a little bit of advice and whatever. So they always had your back, the experienced players? Yeah. I remember um, Westy had, um, you know, that court-martial business. Mm. 
and you, you, you know in them days we we only trained we only trained a couple of hours a day you know if 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 you look like if you look to how many hours a week we trained it was i, I don't know if we trained more than six hours you know what i mean because if you had a game usually had a game midweek tuesday or a wednesday i think it was tuesday so if you start on a monday if you're playing on a tuesday you come in for half an hour on a monday then you play your game Tuesday. If you win, you're off Wednesday. You come in for two hours on a Thursday. On the Friday, half an hour. And play again Saturday, you know what I mean? So it was some life for you, wasn't it? Oh, it was some life. So what happened was, this guy, Di Davis, appeared on the scene, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Bit too enthusiastic for Westy. <laughs> so he's running around and, I couldn't, you know, you know what's going to happen. So he volunteers for... Um, afternoon sessions by himself so they summoned them to the court martial and we all shot him we were all firing the balls at him you know what i mean that was what it was he had to take it and the coaches knew the coaches yeah. just turned the yeah. blind eye yeah it, i mean in, in those days it was banter but these it's days banter, and, and quite yeah. rightly it wouldn't be allowed now would it because it no be you'd be a, you'd be in court now yeah. <laughs> you'd be in court <laughs> You won't give up. We put him on the. put him on the board. You won't, you won't get in two years. <laughs> it must have been terrific for a, a young lad like yourself to play for Everton reserves, uh, because in those days you were playing with and against senior professionals yeah. every game. Yeah. What I what I liked about the, the the central league as it was then, as you know, it was it was great for for I was I'm a young guy coming in trying to make it into the first team. So what you had in the Central League was you had sort of regular guys who, who were on the fringe, haven't made it. You had up-and-coming youngsters like myself trying to get into the first team. Mm-hmm. You had first-teamers who, for one reason or another, were out of form, coming back from injury, whatever, playing in there. So you were playing in a great mix with, with, with world-class players, you know what I mean? As I said, I played in there with Colin Harvey, Joe Royal, Howard, when they've come back from injury. Roger was in there, Hasty, all of them. Great players. Hasty, oh yeah, they were the boss players, you know what I mean? So when that league went, um, I, I thought it was a really bad move, you know, myself personally. Mm. But um, I don't know, the thought at the time, I think it was, wasn't it regional, they were going to start something regional. Um, but it, it just fizzled out, didn't it? It was a great learning curve, wasn't it? Yeah. Let, let, if you push on to your, your first team debut, uh, which I've looked it up. 11th of January 1975. You came on in the 73rd minute for Gary Jones against Leicester City. Yeah, I remember can, that. Can, can, can you remember, had you been on the fringe of the first team at the time? Had you been? Had you been sub a couple of times? No, what? No, I hadn't. Um, what, what happened that year? That was the first year, but it was or was it the year before when? What year did Billy Bingham come? Billy Bingham went came to the club in '73. Well, it's the the first year Billy Bingham come. I went with the first team on on um, tour to Greece, Athens. So I was I was around the first team then with Billy Bingham, but um, up until then I hadn't. You know that was my first debut after that. So I'd been around the first team on uh, Athens. Um, Venture that was that was a good experience, you know, around the lads and all mm, that. Mm. What do you recall of your debut? Can you remember anything about it? it looks like you're only on for twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I I, I remember um, I remember I didn't have a decent game. I've cut in from I've cut in from the right hand wing, got the street end. 
it's it's a it's a shot with my left foot and it's just missed the post. It just it's whistled past the post. If it'd have gone in, different story, isn't it's it? It could have been so different. Couldn't could it? have been different. You know what I mean? When you, when when you made your debut for Everton, and, and historically people have referred to you as being the, the first black player that Everton had, were you aware of that at the time, or did you just think I'm an Everton player? I'm not the first black player to play for Everton. I'm an Everton no, I, I was. I've, I've never thought. I've never looked at colour. You know, I've just mm. played football. You know what I mean? It's never been an issue. It's never. It's just football and football, you know, with 11 men against 11 men. Although, you know, the colour, it becomes a little, you get a little bit of stuff when you hear stuff being chanted at you and shouting, but other than that, it's just, you just go out and play your game, you know what I mean? So there wasn't much fuss made of it at the time? Um, whereas, at Everton, you mean? No, I, there was a minority at Everton, you know, on, on, in the stadium, mm. where we were getting the chants and the oo-oos and... Mm bananas and all that nonsense you know what I mean it was a minority um, I remember my family were, were were in the stands watching me and then what my auntie had told me later on you, you know somebody behind them was talking and he went I must have got the ball on the wing and he said to his mates oh bless him he don't know how to wear football boots you know and all that so you get all that type of thing was going on well my auntie told you know the uncles it was me there in the stands you know what yeah, I mean yeah because some of the away grounds at the time, it could be, it could be, it could be. You'd expect it from the away, you know, you'd expect it from away stuff, but there was a man obviously at Goodison, but it didn't, I mean, because I was a strong person yeah. and I, I'd grew up, I'd, I, you know, to be honest with you, I'd, growing up, people had called me that and all you done, you, you, you let your fist do talking in them days, you know what I mean? I was on fighting every couple of weeks, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't having that and... Mm. When people realised, you know, they was all oh, leave him alone. You know what I mean. Mm. But uh, so I was a tough person, but yeah. not everyone's like that. You know what I mean. No. Some people no. that could affect them badly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's just, just the, the 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 nature of the person. What was Billy Bingham like, Cliff? He he was. Um, I found him to be okay. I mean, um, in in coaching wise, he used to come out there, you know, and and he'd be on, he'd be a man, he'd be on the field, he'd be able to track. He only come out coaching. Um, Harry Catterick, I didn't really. He came out once or twice when when John Moore turned up. You know what I mean? He'd <laughs> um, see Harry through the through the glass window with a cigar or something or the brandy, him and Harry Cook. But Bingham, I found him an an, an all right guy. I mean, he gave me my debut. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've 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 got nothing. Can't say nothing bad about Bingham. You know what I mean. You you played you played eight games in total for Everton. In your personal opinion, do you think you should have played more? Probably at the time, because I went. I remember playing the game with um with with Sam Bob Latchford and Howard Kendall. Howard Kendall and oh, Archie Stars had just gone there, and we were playing them, and I played in that game. Yeah. And um, I thought I'd done enough, you know, supplied Bob with a load of passes and normally on a good day we won obviously but I thought I'd done a good job but I got hauled off, you know what I mean? But that's probably part of the process where the feed bedding you're in, you know what I mean? Mm. You can be playing well, but you just wanna put you know but you don't see it like that as a kid. Yeah. yeah. You see it if you you know, you think if we had a good game, you should stay on. But it's not it wasn't always the case in them days, it's sort of wanted to slowly bed you in sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like, you know, where Moyes done that with Barkley, I think, didn't he? Yeah. 
and you know sometimes the player accepts it and sometimes they don't you know what I mean did you did you accept it or did you think because you were still I, you were, yeah, you were still I, your I, man when you left I, I accepted it the, 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 the turning point for me um, Darren was um, one of the coaches when when we were playing 4-3-3 and then we went to a 4-4-2 system right. so predominantly the wingmen had to do more work you know running back to the um, the corner flag up and down and I used to always remember Steve Coppel doing it he used to do a good job and I you know I'm, I'm an attacker I wasn't meant for all that sort of stuff you know what I mean <laughs> and the coach come up to me and he said right Cliff your first priority is to defend and I thought no this isn't right you know what I mean mm. you would would the, would the defenders first priority to be to be to attack yeah yeah and I thought no so I just said to Bingham I've had enough I, I was I, to be honest with you Dan I'd played that much football you know as a kid yeah coming through I wasn't really bothered you know because the money wasn't fantastic no so had you fallen I, out of love with football a little bit then yeah, I thought of me, you know, me. I just, I thought to myself, I've had enough, you know. Maybe, you know, some people, it might sound silly to some people that you can play too much football, but as a kid, yeah. what, what what was happening with myself when I look back? Playing on all them old weather pitches, playing all that stuff. When I went to the school, um, Sefton Park, when I, I was playing for the first year in school, the second year and the third years, I was playing for three years at once. Then when I was in the second year, it's second year, third year, fourth year. But then you got Liverpool boys, Lancashire boys as well, and England school boys. You know what I mean? It was, um, it was heavy, but it was enjoyable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when when uh, I'd had enough sort of thing, I just said to Billy Bingham, you know, I think I'm going to turn it in, and he said, No, we'd like you to stay. But I said, I didn't have a clue what I, did, what I was going to do. I knew I'd do something, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. I was, uh, you know, you have to have an entrepreneurial thing. When we were making little money, mm. that you have to supplement your income or whatever. So what, what me and my mate had done, on a Thursday when the lads got paid, we took a meat van up there, you know, with all steaks and shoulders, legs of lamb and everything. <laughs> I, was, I made more doing that every Thursday. <laughs> The lads loved it, you know what I mean? Andy King, all of them, oh, Cliffy. I'm, last time I seen Andy before he passed, he said, oh, that meat you brought in, Cliffy, was fantastic. <laughs> Joe Roy was selling cars, wasn't he, to supplement yeah, his yeah. income, you know, we were doing all sorts, yeah. you know what I mean? He made more money selling I made cars, more money on the meat, you loved it. Did any of the lads try and talk you around, if you can remember, any of your teammates say, come on, Cliffy, give it another 12 months, give it No, I, I just, I, I well, just... your mind made I, up and that was it? My mind was made up and I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea of anything, so... And I got a call out the blue, you know, about America. Mm-hmm. A, fellow, a fellow just phoned me up and said, do you want to come and play in America? And I thought... The club was obviously released my name, hadn't they? Yeah, yeah. So this guy, um, what's his name now? John Young phones me up. I said, yeah, so he said to me, um, what you do, you go down, get yourself a visa. Don't get a work permit because you won't, it'll take too long. You won't get, you won't be able to do that. We'll get you one when you come over here. So just get a visa. So it goes down to um, the American embassy. It was in the Cunard or one of them buildings there. Goes in and I've left Everton now. I said, like a visa. 
they were, you know, we were waiting an hour, come back, rejected. Okay, bead. Well, why? They don't give you an answer, do they? No, no, no answer. So I phoned uh, Everton up and spoke to Jean. Jean was there, you know. She said, I said, look, I've just been down to the American Embassy. She went, what? If KB, you've been turned down. She said, call me back in one hour, Cliff. So I phoned back in one hour. She said, go down and pick it up. <laughs> That's the power Everton have got. It's mate. not what you know, is it? That's the power they've got. <laughs> so I went down and picked it up. Got it over to, um, when I got over there. Oh, to Miami. Yeah. Being out, what had happened, you know, having a, I was out with the lads, we are in this club, this Shanghai club by me, off Bali there. And I was, I was getting a plane from Speak Airport to London to fly to Miami. So I'm out all night, all the lads are out, you know what I mean? From the pain, I've got no voice, destroyed. <laughs> Gets to speak airport now, and Everton ever the day go flying out somewhere. So I get on, I get down to uh, London, gets into Miami, no voice. This Cuban guy, the the, the um, customs, asking me all questions. They must be waiting for me. I was detained there, detained for eight hours. They wouldn't let me in. In in, in that, you know my in my uh, Miami. So I've lost all me. I've got an uncle there, and he's ex-military big style so when I, when my voice finally come back I'd lost the book I just he said um, I think they asked me did I know anyone here I said yeah I said I've got an uncle George Smith he lives in Panama City Florida so they went away come back and I was released right away you know what I mean because he must have told them what's what they're into he's, he's all his family are top top you know what I mean yeah, yeah. His, his daughter now Nadine Smith, if you Google her, she's um, the gay rights woman, you know, in Congress and right. in the White House, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. His sons are all in aviated, we're in the military, they are in the military, you know, top secret stuff, all that, flying the airlines. Did you just up sticks then and, and lock stuff and battle, whoosh? Yeah, I just, I just went, yeah, straight out to the Shanghai, straight to Shanghai, straight to America, and just landed there, you know what I mean? Didn't know what to expect. So gets there now, they put you up and give me a car, put me up in this accommodation. So um, next minute, Chris Law, Jim Holton comes out there. Yeah. Remember your Big Jim, played for Man United. Yeah, yeah, Jim Holton, yes. Chris Law is playing yeah. in our team. Right, yeah. So uh, another lad, Gordon, these, these were lower lower uh, players, a <laughs> fellow called Gordon Fernley. I think he right. played for Bristol. And, uh, so you knew a few people before you got there? Because you, you must have well, I, I did, no, I, did, I, did, I didn't know Chris, I didn't no, know Chris, no, no or Jim Holton, you know what I mean? Right, right. But um, got to know them, and they were, they were nice fellas, you know what I mean? What was, what was the standard like? Um, I'd say a little bit less than Central League standard, you know what right. I mean? It was, it was probably second division or something you know well it wasn't a good standard you know what i mean so there was some great yeah it was easy there was some good players there you know from you know from from south america there was they had to play i think seven or eight americans in the team right. so that was a hindrance you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and you had likes of uh, some european lads there lots of lots of south american lads there you know what i mean mm -hmm. stuff like that was 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 it easier 
<coughs> was it easy for you as a easier sorry for you as a black player to play in America than it was for England? Were they more acceptance in the in the crowd? Yeah, that we in Miami we didn't get great crowds because it's an Hispanic city, isn't it? You know, um, and the club folded it. You know, after a, a couple of years, for that reason, you weren't getting the crowds in. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, there was a couple of um, black lads in the team. Uh, no racism or anything like that. You know that you could noticeably see. Um, what was the lifestyle like for you over there? Oh, it was just. Wine, women, and booze, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you know, welcome to Miami. You know what you say. You seen that Miami Vice? Didn't you? I think I was in that program. So, so I've never been to barbecues, women, song, everything. You know what I mean? So, so you enjoyed it a little bit. Play against Pelly? Yeah. What was that like? Oh, fantastic, mate. Um, Beckham Bar was there in the same team. Giorgio Chinaglia. I had a photograph with Pelé and it got messed up, so I've always been trying to, um, you know, because anyone can say they played against Pelé, can't they? But it's hard to prove, you know what I mean? But I was on, I was on um, YouTube about two years ago and I seen this thing come up, Pelé, over bicycle kick against Miami Toros, 1976. So I went, let's have a look at that. I was playing in that game. Let's have a little look. So there it is, and I've got a picture, you can see we're stopping at the same time. Yeah. We had our names on the backs of our shirts, right. so you can see me on it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now, I've, so got the the out there. I've got the evidence now, mate, you know what I mean? When they folded the Miami team, did you have opportunities to stay in America? Yeah, well, some of the lads moved to other teams and stuff like that, but I, I, would just, I just wasn't bothered and came back, you know what I mean? Mm. So <laughs> your next border call... From Miami, bizarrely, is Southport. How did that come about? Well, I was. I came back and um, Alan Wilson. He's a mate of mine. Alan Wilson plays for Everton reserves. Yeah, he's up there. He said, "Do you want a couple of people if you have a few games? Get a few quid." And I said, "I said, okay, give it a go." Ray Anderson was up there, I think. Yeah. So I jumped up there and had a few games, and I said, "Ah, oh, it's not for me. This I'm done." Mm. Had a bit of uh, fun up there. It was. Um, we had some good times. I mean, Willow up there, you know. The nightlife was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure your priorities were ever right to be honest. For that, to have a long career, Cliff. No, no, I was well. I suppose I was a borderline player. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I used to. I, I consider myself to. My terminology is economical with my energy. Why did you? Why did, Why do you think you? You're still a, still a young man. Probably yeah. Still fit. Probably still quick. Why did you? Why did you just want to stop playing football? I just. I just had enough. You know what I mean. And and I never played football, ever since. You know when I stopped, never played again. Didn't play in the park on a Sunday. No, didn't. Just just walked away from it, mate. Just walked away. And now at, at your stage in life, do you ever look back and think? I wish I'd give it a bit longer at Everton, or I wish I'd have stayed in America, or are you not that type I'm, of person? I'm not, I don't look back now, you know what I mean? Because when I came out, I went into the licence trade and become quite successful at that, you know. Mm. Ended up bought a club in town, the 147. Uh, went on and bought another one on Picton Road, the 147. Bought the nightclub next door, Silks. Yeah. Built, a, built a pub on Green Lane, the bus stop. Went up to St. Helens, bought a club up there called Flex, and then had a 50% share in St. Helens Town Football right. Club, right. which had a dog track running with it then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you found I, your niche. I found my niche, you know, you know yeah, that was my niche. <laughs> but uh, 
that was the St. Helens was good fun. You know, my niche was more in that industry, I think. Yeah. So you didn't you didn't have it sounds like you didn't have time to dwell on it or miss football. You didn't miss I suppose you missed the banter, everyone misses the banter, don't they? Of the football. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, it's it's a funny thing. I mean although I'd supported Everton as as you know, when I've got an admiration for supporters because I'm not I'm not like a you know a supporter. I've got mates who who go who followed Everton around all their lives, you know, all over mm. Europe, and you wonder how they do it with you know the money and the cost. I've I've never done anything like that, or when I say support, you know what I mean. Mine has been I've always played. I suppose being brought up in in Parliament Street where I lived, you know, down there. We, I never even we never went to the game because things were tight then, you know what I mean. So, at mm. Goodison being on Prince's Avenue, we'd be in the games, bunking in or getting in or whatever. So, the North End lads were all in the games, weren't they? So, we didn't know what it was to support and go to the games. You know what I mean? Mm. I just played it, but um, so I've never supported Everton as the way real supporters support them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's absolutely, hundred percent. It, it's yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. You know, and, and it's a way of life for some people, isn't it? It's a way of life, yeah. And then you know, and the history. Sometimes people come up to you, and I know, you know, a fair bit, but because you play, you think you should know everything. You know what I mean? Mm. And it, you know, it can be embarrassing sometimes. You know, <laughs> they go, "Well, you know, you should know that you you played for them, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> when you when you moved into the right <laughs> world, did you have? Did you come across loads of your old, loads of your old teammates when you're in the pub game and the club game? Yeah, um, not teammates. Mm, Gary Jones, he 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 was up in Lark Lane, doing his thing. <laughs> I, I did the way it got round about Gary, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, who else was in the game? Oh, Sarge, yeah, Stevie Sarge. I come across Sarge. Ronnie. He was running. Oh, Ronnie. Legend. <laughs> Ronnie's a legend, man. You know what I mean? We used to uh, back in the days of Belfield. You know when you you came in um, on a Monday morning, and you you know the smell, the alcohol in the dressing room was horrendous. You know the booze on everybody, but they punished us. You know we we could still train. We trained hard. You know what I mean? You knew. It was it was like terrifying days at Belfield because when you walk through the the gate and they used to have all the sticks out with the flags on that meant torture. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, you, you got into the dressing room and everyone had their head down like that. Oh, there you are. But I remember one 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 incident. You know, we had the coaches. You know, you know this. Things like this, I don't think they happen today. We were playing for the um, the A team, and we got beat about five 0 by somebody. And uh, it was on a Saturday. Jack Connor was the coach, so the next thing is we we go get reported in Sunday morning. You are all in again. You come in, them sticks are all up. You know you're getting it. You know what I mean? But what 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 happened? I felt bad for the coach. This guy, he's a coach, he's what, he's like in his 40s or whatever he was. They put him through the paces as well. He was sick, vomiting everywhere. He was vomiting, all the lads were vomiting, and you know. But that's what they done to you, you know, that was the punishment. Yeah, just keep running. 
And it was sort of as a Joe Royal, I said to Joe, Joe, you know, he wouldn't do that nowadays. He said, Cliffy, he said, listen, we played in London, because Tottenham or something. He said, well, come back. We got beat at whatever it was, 3-0, 4-0. Come back, you know, you get back on the coach back in them days, no motorway and all that. We got back at half 11 to Belfield. And he said, right, in trained them and tortured them then. <laughs> Half eleven at night. But they had that they had that in oh, the uh, indoor thing, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They put them through the bases. I went, you're messing. Imagine doing that to the lads today. Jokes, I said, I thought we were bad, but you Scott, he said, no, if he said, right, cuts all off the coach in there and he tortured you. It was the way, the way they dealt with things then, yeah. wasn't it? And you yeah. were terrified yeah. of them. You wouldn't say boo to the manager, would you? No, not at all, no. You know, Fridays on the um, Fridays when you know they had the corridor of Belfield and the team sheets would go up and you'd be like that, waiting to see if you were in. You know, you're in the, the first team or the reserves or whatever. And they they were they were good days. You know what I mean? And Thursday you got your payday, proper money in a brown envelope. You know what I mean? Yeah, gone by Friday. And when when what happened with me? I was. I'll tell you when when I was a, an apprentice, right? Tenner, you know, a tenner. The A team, I think, it was getting a pound if we won, and the reserves a fiver, all that carry on. So when I signed pro, I went on to fifty quid. And what he said was, if I make it to the first team, you get twenty five quid appearance money, twenty five quid a point, Cause two points in them days, wasn't it? So that takes you up to one twenty five a game, doesn't it? Two games a week, two fifty, and I we, we played and I played in two. And we won. I'd, I've never played in a losing team. <laughs> we won. I had I had like a couple hundred quid in my wage packet. I thought I was a millionaire. You see, you see players now at any football club, and they're all on ridiculous amounts of money. But a lot of the players from your era say, "No, no, I would I'd much rather have played when I played because I really enjoyed it when I played." Yeah. You go along with that. Yeah. And you, you, and and you look at I look at some of the players now that I see, and I don't see the skill level, you know. And then if you come if you combine that with the pitches that we were playing on, could these guys do half of that on them pitches? You know what I mean? These pitches are fantastic. Don't get me wrong; they're great. The tables on it. The brilliance, you know. Um, but now we, we you play you played football for the love of it. That's what it's all about. It, it's all about loving to play. I mean, I get, I get, a, you know, the opinion when I look at some of these players. It's not. There's no like they want to. They want to play, is there? Some of them give the impression that they don't. They're just there to do a job, you know, to or to try and do a job. You know what I mean, Darren? But we played for 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 the wants of playing. You wanted to. I wanted to wear that shirt so badly, you know, Everton put it on and come out, and. Um, you know, playing at Goodison, oh, something special that made the crowds, the mm. roar. You know, I, you know, I only played a few times there, but it, it was some. It was a good experience. You know what I mean? It's, we're just celebrating Black History Month. Yeah. And where where are we, Cliff? In your opinion, as a sport and football, we there's clearly there's clearly more work to be done, isn't there? To, yeah. To reduce, yeah. To reduce discrimination of of, of any form. Yeah, I mean, it 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 looks it looks like I mean on the times in my day, 
there was racist chants, a lot of racist chants all over the place. You know what I mean? Mm. We've come, we've come a, a, a fair way from that, but we seem to be going back every now and again. You know, backwards a little bit, mm. and that's what's um, a bit disappointing. I don't know what the answer is, to be honest with you, you know what I mean? When you, when you see when you see the disgraceful behaviour that England players have to put up with when they're abroad in some countries, and then UEFA or FIFA, whoever it is, finds the National Association, that's no deterrent. No. Well, I'm, you know, one thing, UEFA or FIFA, one, they take a lifetime to come to a decision. And then secondly, when the punishment comes, it's, it's trivial. Yeah. It's rubbish, so, it, you know... That doesn't send out the right message, does it, whatsoever? It's, it's difficult in terms of, you know, the lads wanting to walk off off the pitch because you're punishing your supporters, aren't you? You know what I mean? So you've got to get that balance right, you know. Um, if, if, if other people are doing it and then you walk off, you, you, you're sort of punishing your own people. So, but, but, you know, something's got to be done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the kneeling down... Do I think it's making a difference? No, not really, but it's like a gesture, isn't it? I, I always enjoy speaking to you, Kip, because you're, you're one of these people who looks back with no regrets. No, I've got no regrets at all, you know what I mean? If I could live another life, I'd do it all again. All again, mate. You know, I've done done a few things. As you say, I've got family in Barbados. I used to go down there on a regular basis, you know what I mean? And... Um, I'll let you into a little secret, but, but, but um, they don't. They... Rihanna was playing up here, you know, in, in the arena many years ago. And my daughter was. That's okay, she, she got a ticket, she wanted to go, so we took her there. So I phoned me, um, my half sister Marcia in Barbados to let her know that I was going to see Rihanna, you know what I mean? But she wasn't in. Her mother was in. She's not my mother, her, her mother. Shirley, and she said, oh, Shirley, uh, she went, Cliff, you know, Rihanna's your cousin. I said, you're a messin'. She said, yeah, she's your cousin. So I've got all the info. I'm not dying to meet her. I haven't met her yet. I have. But have you? <laughs> you're joking. Yeah, oh, I wish you'd have told me. I would have called. <laughs> I could give her all the names, you know what I mean? Did you meet her, Darren? Yeah. I met her at Arsenal very, very briefly. Got my photo taken. Oh. I was there for it, but I met her at the if she comes, If she comes to Liverpool any time soon, I'm going to have to organise a meet. And she'll, she'll know who I am right away because... I can hit it with all the info, you know what I mean? Well, everybody knows who you are. Well, there you go. What a lovely way to end Bread of Blue. You didn't see that coming, did you? Cliff Marshall and Rihanna are cousins. Cliff, always a pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. Darren, it's my pleasure. You know that, mate. I'm there for you anytime, 24-7.